Comics. Movies. Music. Video games. Technology. Blu-ray. Television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Recording and this is out now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron and as always, hey, is... hola. Hey, out now is a film podcast. Which has Abe and I discussing new movies weekly. We also bring in a little discussion about the latest movie trailers, box office results and predictions, a retro review that has to do with the main feature of the week, games and other fun stuff. This is episode forty-four, and the main feature of the week is the new Denzel Washington, Ryan Reynolds action thriller, Safe House. And joining us to discuss Safe House, we have writer, reviewer, and editor for WhySoBlue.com and my favorite Dothraki, Gerard Aribe. How's it going, guys? Yo. Good. That was good. I like that intro. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, he puts a lot of effort in. That's yeah, I, I have no problems. <laughs> um, yeah, so we're going to talk about Safe House this week and, uh, you know, all the other... Regular fun stuff as well. We're also going to do a little talk about the innkeepers. Gerard and I saw the innkeepers, a small, uh, like kind of not independent, but you know, low budget horror film, and uh, you know, we want to put some put some put some word out about it. So why not? Yes. Before we get underway with things, just a few announcements. Um, iTunes reviews and ratings always cool to get those. We uh, it'd be nice to get a little more a little more buzz going about it, and reviews and ratings go a long way to help with that. So you know, it's a really simple thing. Go on iTunes, you can click a little button for how many stars or whatever and even leave us a, a sentence or two about the show would be be awesome you know so that'd be great um let's see the other thing we have a special bonus episode that may or may not have already been released and it directly ties into what we're talking about next week so anyone that it, it's probably our worst episode we've ever recorded i'm no, just gonna no, say no, that no. right it's now the best <laughs> oh okay it's one of the best it's worst. one of those things <laughs> I love how I'm being incredibly teasy about what it actually is, but when it hits, you'll be like, wow, they did this? That's that's the reaction that's going to happen. <laughs> so that's that's out there. Maybe it'll be released one before this, maybe it won't, but it's it's happening. <laughs> With that out of the way, let's do a little Know Everybody, where each week we kind of ask each other some questions and kind of get to know everybody and get a feel and tone for the, the podcast at hand. So uh, let's see. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start this week, actually. Oh, Here we go. go. Gerard. Aaron. <laughs> do you have a favorite underrated 90s style gritty action movie there are there are ones that like like the rock and like face off that are you know everyone knows those and they're fun and awesome but is there like a 90 like an <laughs> underrated one that you really love just action yeah just like, like in terms of like an action movie that's kind of underrated from the 90s man now we're taking it way back and i have to dig into my brain to figure out which one i like that isn't underrated or that is underrated mm, not really uh they're all like popular. I was gonna say, you know, either, uh, and it's that Jerry Bruckheimer's uh, catalog: uh, Con Air, The Rock, Bad Boys, the first one. But they're not underrated. Yeah. So. yeah. Well, 
like Bad Boys is almost just because everyone seems to know Bad Boys too more than the fact that the, it's almost like people kind of skip over Bad Boys now because of how, how like ridiculous Bad Boys Two is. Where it's like, who cares about the first one? But I love Bad Boys. That's movie's fun. Maybe because it's a base first film, I guess, official first film. Yeah, and it doesn't have any of the Bayisms <laughs> that he would, you know, later incorporate. Like well, now they're Bayisms because because now it's like twenty years later. Now they're all in there. Obvious. But uh, the editing's way better. It's not your typical, you know, three seconds cut, three more seconds cut. Yeah, I see. Yeah, like a few six six second cuts in there. So he has less to work with. So it's a lot more. <laughs> Will Smith and Martin Lawrence just being hilarious throughout this movie with like some kind of visual flares to it every now and then. But yeah, it's cool. Ones yeah, that yeah. ones that kind of came to mind. One I one comes to mind is um is Hard Rain with Christian Slater and Morgan Freeman. Oh, I never it's, saw that. It's not a good, it's not a great movie, but for some reason, if, if it's on, I'll watch it. It's like, it's just fun. Like a town, gets, <laughs> a town gets flooded and there's jet ski chases and Morgan Freeman's like being a badass. It's like, yeah, I'll see this movie. Yeah, yeah I saw it. Yeah, Abe, I'll call back to Morgan You know what? I, was, <laughs> I always get that movie confused with Black Rain with the Michael Douglas movie. Yeah. Michael Douglas, Andy Garcia. That's a Ridley Scott movie. <laughs> That's a good film. Uh, let's see. Just in general, uh, Aaron. Yeah. What is your favorite uh, Ryan Reynolds film or performance? So it doesn't have to necessarily be a Ryan Reynolds vehicle, but well, my my favorite Ryan Reynolds vehicle is obviously an Optimus Prime. Car. No. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, um, well, as I've I've said in the past that I'm not a huge Ryan Reynolds uh, person. I think that we're in the in the when he's being <laughs> when he's being very basically Van Wilder when he's being very smirky and kind of. Frat boy charm is making his getting his way through film, which is why Smoke and Aces comes to mind. I really love Smoke and Aces, the Joe Carnahan film from the director of The Gray, and um, I like that was one of the first times I saw Ryan Reynolds putting in more of a dramatic performance as opposed to just going off of one-liners. And I really, I really like that movie a lot, and I like Ryan Reynolds in that movie in particular. That was the first time I was like, I like Ryan Reynolds in this movie, opposed to yeah, Ryan Reynolds just makes jokes the whole time and I don't really care. <laughs> <laughs> there's one scene in Smoke and Aces which is supposed to be like completely serious and it's like af the aftermath of like all the um, um, the, the hitmen like just going crazy and stuff there's a scene where like Ryan Reynolds is like in the street walking to a hospital and he's like supposed to look like angry and he just starts like pushing people out of his way as he's walking to he's a really hospital upset. <laughs> he's really upset he's like really upset every time it's supposed there. to be like it's, yeah, he's, it's supposed to be, like, really sad and, like, he's, like, all distressed about what just happened. But it's just hilarious for some reason. He's just, like, pushing people out of his, like, get out of my way. I'm walking. He's emoting. He's emoting. <laughs> it's just funny. Uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, I really like him in Safe House, too, which we'll talk about a little bit. So, yeah. Cool. Uh, yep. Abe, based on his driving skill, is Ryan Reynolds in Safe House, in fact, Ryan Gosling just wearing a Ryan Reynolds mask? No. Ryan Gosling would never get into a car wreck like that. Ryan Gosling is a that's, great, oh, yeah, that's great true. driver. I mean, in Drive, he did do a car crash scene with the mask. Yeah, but that, that was all set up, you know. I mean, you didn't really see him get hit like crazy. Ryan Gosling is the man in Drive. All right, right back at you, Aaron. If Brendan Gleeson yeah. played his character from The Guard, how much better or worse would you have liked Safe House? Well, if if that if that was the case, that would mean Brendan Gleeson didn't have to force an American accent in Safe House, so I would have liked it much more, I guess. And it probably would have been a lot and funnier. It would have made the CIA scenes a lot more tolerable. <laughs> I haven't seen The Guard yet, so I can only laugh inside. The, gar the Guard, recommend. That's a movie uh, to see. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, Gerard, you go. I've, you have to use my questions already. 
uh, let's see. I guess this is for Abe. Uh, are you a fan of the shaky cam style of filming? Action or like all throughout? In general. In romantic uh, comedies. Romantic comedies. <laughs> <laughs> They're the best in romantic comedies. Just the style. I guess uh, Greengrass was the innovator or the one that brought it to the masses. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm really not. And I think that we we talked about that during the Haywire episode, which is, you know, I, I really liked how it's cleaner. You can see what's going on. Even though it might you might have to stage it differently. You might have to stage it so it's more realistic, per se, um, instead of doing all these quick shaky, shaky cam cuts and what have you. But I'm really not, mostly because it, it it can get annoying after a while. You know, since I since I already mentioned um, Smoke and Aces, Joe Carnahan's film, I'm also going to mention Narc, which I mentioned before. But that movie, the opening of that movie, has one of my favorite shaky cam sequences ever. If just this opening chase sequence between Jason Patrick and the guys going after, and just it's incredibly hectic. And it was like before shaky cam was really popular. Mm-hmm. Like it was, mm-hmm. it was just it was perfectly used in that scene to like kind of relay how intense and hectic that chase was. And it it was it was just really it's a really cool we'll see the opening of narc so that's a classic opening yeah gerard do you like ryan reynolds better as an action star or a comedic star i can go either way but i would say i discovered ryan reynolds as a comedic star on television way back two guys and girls yes Yes. Yes. i love that i love that show i wish they would release the seasons on dvd there's like a ton of them but no i don't know when that's gonna happen nathan fillion was in that show as well a friend of mine turned me on to that show. He was like saying, pay attention to this guy. Because at the time, uh, we were like all into the Kevin Smith yeah. stuff. And he's like, dude, if you like Jason Lee, you like that the way how Jason Lee can, you know, go from calm and cool to like ranting and raving, just like, you know, only Jason Lee can do, then watch Ryan Reynolds. And sure enough, there were times where, you know, Reynolds would be like channeling Jason Lee. And I'm like, they're not too far apart. Yeah. And that show was awesome. It was hilarious. I feel like I'd have more appreciation for Ryan Reynolds if I was a dedicated watcher of Two Guys, A Girl, and a Pizza Place. But I wasn't. You missed out, man. You're like 10, Aaron. <laughs> you would have missed out. Yeah. He was a great comedic like, doctor. <laughs> He's a yeah, doctor in show. <laughs> or a med school student. Yeah. He's a med yeah. school student. But uh, I'd say uh, comedic. Comedic. But I don't hate him right. for trying to like you know uh, branch out into action-oriented roles. I mean, I like him for that, so... Yeah. <laughs> All right, so I think that's it. Yeah, that's everybody, and that's how we play Know Everybody. So, moving on, let's uh, go to Movie Trailer Talk, and this is where we discuss a couple of the newest trailers of the week, and this week we had two pretty big trailers were released. So, uh, let's, get, let's just dive right in. Uh, the first trailer we have is the Amazing Spider-Man trailer. It's trailer two, and um, this one, this is this is the new Spider-Man film, the, the reboot of sorts, which has the tagline as saying, The Untold Story which uh, now finds Andrew Gar- actor Andrew Garfield in the role of Peter Parker. And uh, we have uh, Emma Stone as Gwen Stacy and Reese Fonz as Dr. Kirk Connors. And this new trailer looks like it it really downplays kind of the, the, the supposed dark and greediness of the first trailer and brings in a lot more, I would say, kind of lightness and humor to the proceedings as well as, you know, some more action stuff to kind of show off what we're going to see in this new Spider-Man film. Um, so with all that said, Abe, hey, what did you think of the trailer? I thought it gave away too much, or it's really leaking a lot of these uh, cool action sequences, or it's kind of giving away a lot of what Peter Parker, all his awesome moves and what have you. Also, if you really know the comics, it really kind of tells you who the bad guy is, and it really shows you this this weird you know, uh, storyline of, of Peter Parker's parents, which I didn't really realize was a storyline in the comic series. I guess it's part of 
it's the yeah, ultimate, ultimate Spider-Man, Spider-Man uh, series. It's it's not really like the Amazing Spider-Man series. I, I really don't like the costume design. I don't know if that's like a really nitpicky thing. I, I liked it better in the Tobey Maguire series. I mean, aside from that, it looks like it's meh. I wasn't really like blown away by it, but I, I'm still going to give it a shot. Uh, I had a knee-jerk reaction to it. I know I, I just happened to be up when they premiered it, and I watched it you know, right then and there, and I didn't really care for it. I thought, eh, whatever. I wasn't a big fan of the original, you know, three kind of messed it up for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, they just showed you a lot, and I, you can totally tell they're going uh, the, the Christopher Nolan route. Like, you know, oh, we're going to reboot the series? Well, you know, so we won't, you know, retread the same stuff that we've done in the past. Let's go darker, just for the sake of either going darker and trying to do what Nolan did with Batman, or the reinvention of Batman, but for Spider-Man. You know what I mean? They're trying to, like, uh, go that route. And it was a little forced, with the exception of Dennis Leary in there. So that that's kind of weird. I don't know. It's not... don't want to say it's not congruent, but I don't know. I'm, I'm split. I will see it at the theater, but uh, right now I'm just, you know, I'm very cautious about it. I'm really, I'm really positive about this one. I mean, it, I, I don't think it's going to be the best of summer movies and i don't know if it's going to match up to what i consider amazingness of spider-man 2 but i i'm i like spider-man a lot i'm a big spider-man fan i have literally two spider-man posters behind me right now and uh, nerd (laughs) the proper term would be but um you know i like part two i like part two three killed it superhero movie Three, three is a movie that I, I don't really, I don't need to debate about just because I know its flaws, but I don't mind three. I, I you know, I don't, I'm not, not terribly attached to it, but I, you know, I could, I definitely see basically the same with the Star Wars prequels. I, you know, I could see the flaws, but I don't, I don't mind them. But, um, but yeah, with this new Spider-Man, I mean, I, 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 I see the trailer, basically what it has to do is kind of separate itself from the original ones. That's like what it seems to be its biggest job. And that's, why are you seeing so much more stuff about it? I would say, like, they had the whole, there was a whole eight-minute preview thing in, like, Select Cities this past week for just showing off new footages because it's really tough to kind of, you're rebooting a series like this that's, you know, one of the biggest series, film series in the world with completely new stars and directors. So, yeah, I can see they really need to show a lot to, like, make sure people know that this is, this is this this is a new Spider-Man and everything. And I think it's kind of getting the job done. I, yeah, again, I don't think it's, from what I've seen in these trailers, I would say, yeah, I don't think it's gonna, I don't think it's gonna be quite as amazing as the Amazing Spider-Man would suggest. But I'm hoping it will still be good. And I, I, I like the, I like kind of the look of some of these things. I like, I like the costume. It's kind of a neat, a neat take. But I'm, I'm mainly, I'm just happy that they have practical web shooters now right. instead of like him having organic web shooters coming out of his wrists for some reason and not any other orifice. But um... <laughs> Jack Black solved that issue. Yeah. I like the costumes. I like the um, what do you call it? Uh, the cast. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm happy with the cast. I, I like I like Dennis. I like seeing Dennis Leary in a role like this. I'm like, yeah, all right. I like it. Emma Stone. I mean, she looks incredibly cute. The Gwen Stacy. What I can uh, recall is that um, uh, from Comic Con, that's still kind of what I'm hedging most of my bets on Stone. because I was really impressed. Well, yeah, Stone in general, but the. Um, the footage of Spider-Man they showed at Comic-Con where they really kind of get across the tone that they're going for and they really kind of show the the um, the relationship between Peter Parker and Gwen Stacy and how that kind of plays out. And it's very fitting given that this is the director's Mark Webb. Webb, Spider-Man. Ha, ha, ha. The, um, <laughs> he's the director of 500 Days of Summer and oh. see, seeing him kind of apply some of thatness to the relationship that's being that's going to be a big part of this movie. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to that aspect. I like the tone scene there. 
compared to the first trailer, which I think was kind of too, it was too dark. I think it was, it was, it seemed, it was, it was almost kind of like a, a parody on the idea of making something dark and right. pretty. And this one actually had Spider-Man showing, showing Spider-Man using some of his quips and being, you know, more like Spider-Man. So I kind of admired that. I mean, like Peter Parker. And the lizard looks cool. But yeah, the lizard looks cool. It looks but he will be naked, so he'll be running around. He's like an organic lizard. You know? uh, no, no. I'm not going to do it like the Hulk. You know, Hulk runs around in purple pants or shredded pants. Lizard's not going to have pants. Lizard, so. I'm, lizard's still kind of, it's too. It's almost too killer crockish for me, so I'm hoping, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what the final product is. Is that even going to have his lab coat? coat? I, nothing. Not that it looked mm -hmm. like, yeah. So we'll see. It's going to be a little mini Godzilla type looking thing. Yeah, this will determine whether I get a lizard toy or not. <laughs> 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 or if I buy a Sobe and drain the lizard. Wow, wow. <laughs> Thanks. I got Tony. paid. I got paid. Yeah. I have pages of these. <laughs> okay, so uh, Spy the Amazing Spider-Man opens um, July third, so big Fourth uh, of July weekend. So we'll, we'll see. The next trailer we're talking about is the Bourne Legacy, and this is the latest installment in the Bourne franchise, but this time we are ditching the character of Jason Bourne and moving on to a new character, and this character will be played by Jeremy Renner. And um, this is the first, I mean, we, there's been very few images, but so this is like the first, you know, footage of, that we've seen of the new Bourne movie. And, um, you know, it, it's from direct, the director is Tony Gilroy, who previously uh, co, like co-scripted the um, some of the previous, did he do all three, all three previous Bourne films? I think he did. I'm going to check that. Let me check that right now. Oh, yeah, he did. Okay, yeah. So Tony Gilroy is the previous uh, screenwriter for the previous Bourne films, and this time he's actually direct. He's directing the this new Bourne film, The Bourne Legacy. And, um, yeah, he pre he previously did um, Michael Clayton and Duplicity. So this is kind of a step in the – well, big step into the into action territory. And, you know, this movie, The Bourne Legacy, co-stars along with Jeremy Renner. You have uh, – Edward Norton, Rachel Weisz, Oscar Isaac, Albert Finney's back, Joan Allen's back, and Scott Glenn's back, and David Strathairn's back. He's got a lot of returning cast as well. And and a Corey Stoll is in this movie. No way. Playing his character? <laughs> yeah, he's still he's still playing. He's still playing. He's still playing Ernest Hemingway. He's still playing, Ernest, he's still playing Ernest Hemingway. No, he, but yeah, he's, he's on that. He's on the, uh, lives inside Jason Bourne's mind and uh, gives him like fatherly <laughs> advice. <laughs> Lots of Midnight in Paris jokes. Okay, uh, so, but yeah, this is a new new Bourne film, but not with Jason Bourne, but, you know, Bourne was just the tip of the iceberg, as we say, so. Well, <laughs> Gerard, what did you think of the Bourne Legacy trailer, and the Bourne series in general, I guess? Uh, I crap my pants. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a big fan of that, of the series, you know, from the very beginning, and um, I just, you know, I knew Renner was gonna go in there, like, as, uh, what's his name's replacement, and I'm like, eh, I, I like Renner. Never had a problem with it. I like Gilroy. Right? Gilroy is venturing out from uh, Clayton and uh, Duplicity into action. Uh, I think it's going to be a very freaking cool little movie. Well, not little. Very cool, big film. Yeah. The returning cast is back, too. Like, even the the Bears are back, so that's kind of cool. Because it was always fun to see them, like, kind of, like, you know, yell at each other. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Joan Allen, David Strather. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know if Julia Stiles is in it, but uh, she was kind of cool. I, I doubt she's back. I think though. she's still in hiding. Uh, oh, <laughs> I, I like. I like if there was a little loose connecting thread there, that'd be that'd be kind of. <laughs> but uh, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Renner came up. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, Renner is the man. Uh, I know that he can do action. I've seen his uh, his work, and he's really buff. 
Uh, I think the thing that was freaking me out the most was it looks like he has leprosy right in the first like thirty seconds of the trailer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what the hell is going on here? Like, uh, but apparently, you know, the drugs really uh, help you out with that. The action sequences look pretty okay. They look pretty good. Renner looks like a pretty good uh, uh, natural hand-to-hand combat killer. Overall, uh, it, it, I hope that it feels. It feels. I hope that the movie as is as solid as it feels from the trailer. Yeah, I basically agree. Um, I'm a big fan of the Bourne series. I think it's. I'm trying to think of other like pure action series, and I think the Bourne series is one of the. It's one that ranks as for in terms of recent action series is probably one of the best pure action trilogies that was that kind of came out in the past few years, like recent years. And I, in terms of me liking those movies, I like them a lot. I, and. Uh, I'm curious to see how this one turns out as well. I, I, I dig the idea of not doing Jason Bourne again, but having another Treadstone agent or whatever he is. And uh, I, I'm also curious to see what Tony Gilroy brings to this film. I can I know for that um, Gilroy and Paul Greengrass, the director of the later two Bourne films, they did not get along. They were not big fans of each other. Like, And I'm curious to see if, despite that, Tony Gilroy still kind of adopts his style for this film to kind of remain consistent, I guess, in the Bourne kind of logic of shaky cam and quick editing but you know we'll, we'll see i guess on that front and it's nice to see different people use various in, inanimate objects as weapons and as <laughs> we've seen as we've seen jason Bourne beat people up with a book and a magazine and a toaster i'm curious <laughs> to see what kind of items jeremy renner is going to use i already think we saw like him use like a like a pen and a fire extinguisher to kill some guy in the trailer yeah. so we'll, we'll find out i guess and i think he shoots down a private jet with a rifle <laughs> I, I, I looked like he stole like the joker's pistol from the first batman movie with jack nicholson and shot down the plane that's what it was yeah. like <laughs> there you go he pulled he like pulled out that pistol like, i got this <laughs> i just got the visual that's awesome <laughs> so yeah the uh the born legacy which it looks like we're all pretty excited for i'm, I'm counting on it uh that comes out august 3rd well august 3rd uh 2012 so yeah See how that goes. It's gonna rock. Actually, I'm looking forward to the score too. I like the I like the I like the Bourne theme music. It's very memorable. Not many action series have their own theme music that's you know incredibly memorable these days. So it's just like there was never just one. I like I like the tagline. (laughs) Okay, so with all that said and done, let's move on to our film review of Safe House. He was one of the most brilliant CIA operatives we ever had. Until he went rogue. He's responsible for the deaths of multiple agents. This guy's just not going to walk into an American consulate without good reason. So what's new in Cape Town? I heard a slot open up. One slot, 37 applicants. Every one of them with more field experience than you. How am I supposed to get more experience? I'm staring at four walls all day. Weston. We have a last-minute reservation. Oh my God, that's Tobit Frost. Okay, so Safe House stars Channing Tatum and Rachel McAdams as lovers. Oh. No, that's a different movie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Safe House stars Denzel Washington as Tobin Frost, possibly the coolest action name of the year, but we'll see. And uh, he is a rogue agent who has gone been on the loose for a while. And he um, acquires some kind of intel. We're not kind of sure what. It's basically movie MacGuffin magic. And um, 
he's kind of being pursued by some agents, some rival bounty hunters, hitmen, whatever, and uh, decides to turn himself into the U.S. Embassy. Doing so, this puts him into a secure location, which is called known as a safe house, which is being looked after by Reynold, Ryan Reynolds' character, Matt Weston. And um, as Denzel is locked away and given some brief torture by the T-1000, uh, people break people break into the safe house, and Matt Weston is forced to break out Tobin Frost and kind of keep him in hiding while these other people are chasing after the two of them. Of course, Tobin Frost, being a expert rogue agent, uh, is trying to look for his own opportunities to escape as he can go. But uh, we'll see if Matt Weston, the uh, rookie agent, will be able to, you know, do whatever he can to keep keep his keep his house occupant safe and you know himself out of trouble. And, you know, gain some field experience on the way, because it looks good on a resume, right? Yeah. So, with all that said, <laughs> Gerard, what did you think of Safe House? That was pretty good. Uh, I was very entertained. Uh, don't go in there, you know, leave your brain at the door kind of thing. But it's not insulting, because it's, you know, uh, it's not a, what do you call it? I can't think of the word now, because you put me in the spot. <laughs> uh, I thought it was pretty good. Uh, action-packed, uh, very violent. They do incorporate a lot of the shaky cam style to it. But I'd say it's a decent little uh, escapism type of film. Just don't go in there thinking it's going to, you know, change the world somehow. Awesome. Abe? I thought it was okay. Denzel is really bringing his A-game any time that he does a movie. I think Ron Reynolds is, he's doing, um, he's done dramatic roles before, as you and I have discussed, like in Buried and also The Nines. So, I, I you know that he's really trying hard as well. I mean, uh, the action sequences pretty well filmed I, I like them even though some of them were shaky cam and a lot of some of the some of the uh, there's some weird close-ups sometimes and i'm not really too sure what they're thinking the other thing that i liked about the movie was um i like sam shepherd in general ever since i've seen black hawk down uh so i like yeah. his his authority figure kind of roles uh and this one's another one of them there's like some weird elements I didn't really like, which is some of the more emotional elements, you know, the the girlfriend or um, kind of later towards the end when Denzel's kind of having a, a little uh, tear, tear run. Uh, I was just thinking, did they ever really establish any sort of these relationships? But at the same time, it was just, you know, yeah, action movies, fine. But uh, in terms of the plot, plot was pretty conventional. Um Nothing too crazy. Although it, I would say that it's a little bit more simplified than some other plots uh, of this of this kind of style film, of these spy films. So it, it's a little bit more simple in terms of it's not overly complex. There's not that many, quote-unquote, double crosses. So overall, I think it was okay. Just minor miss here and there. Yeah, it uh, looks like we're, it's going to be a pretty agreeable review this week. I, I do think it's, it's, it's solid. It's, it's fine. It, it doesn't... It doesn't seem to aspire to too much more, which is, you know, why it's released in February and not, you know, some point like later in the summer or anything. But um, I think the the best thing about this movie is the fact that Ryan Reynolds and Denzel Washington are both, you know, they're trying really hard. They're doing, they're putting in strong performances in a very decent movie. And um, it's certainly the um, the direction of the movie, the way it handles its action. It seems like it's taken a lot of pages out of the, you know, the action school books from People like Tony Scott and Paul Greengrass and um, and John Woo. There's a lot of slow mo. There's a lot of shaky cam. There's a lot of kind of fast editing and stuff like it. It does it does an editing thing that I kind of like, where it's kind of characters describing what they're doing and the editing's kind of showing them doing it at the same time. So kind of, it's basically a way of saving time. It's a, it's kind of economical filmmaking, <laughs> which I tend to enjoy. It's, uh, that's, True. It's that's something. 
I tend to like that. Like the, um, for example, the Wachowski brothers kind of do that. Like their Matrix films, where like they'll talk about what they're going to do in the plot next, and they're doing it at the same time. So it's like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's done. What I what I kind of wish there was more of was character work. I um I like Denzel in this role because he's Denzel, and even though you know he plays good guys a lot, but every now and then he slips into that bad guy role. And it's very, it seems very easy for him to do. It doesn't seem like I need to adjust where I'm like, oh man, Denzel's not being good this time. Like, it just seems like he's just naturally badass when he can be. So I like that. But at the same time, I wish there was more of, like, as Abe was saying, I wish there was kind of more connection to who this character was and not just kind of a late last act kind of, oh, by the way, here's this sad story kind of thing. <laughs> or like, a, I, I wish we got more of him do like, more more of seeing what makes him tick. Uh, I kind of, the Langley stuff, the Virginia CIA scenes, I can't think, I kind of think those those kind of drag things down a bit when it's just, you know, basically Vera Farmiga and Brendan Gleeson and Sam Shepard just kind of yelling at each other. I, I wish there was kind of less of that and more, you know, character work, like more scenes between possibly Denzel and Ryan Reynolds interacting and establishing that relationship more. Because I think, I think it does have, I think it has some interesting things to do with like Ryan Reynolds being a rookie and Denzel being, you know, an elite badass rogue assassin CIA operative, whatever. Like I, it kind of has fun dealing with Ryan Reynolds, you know, he's killing people for the first time. He's getting his field experience and it's, there's like, you know, there's some intense fights that he has to deal with that he hasn't been in before. I wish it kind of dealt with his kind of reaction to that, those situations more than it it overall does. But yeah, but as, as an overall action film, it's fine. I mean, there's I, for being a film that, you know, uses a lot of action movie tropes, it does it well. It does it. I'm looking forward to see what this director can do, you know, more action movies. It seems like he seems like he has, you know, pretty confident behind the camera. There's there's shaky cam, but it didn't seem too obtrusive, right. I guess. There's some slow-mo stuff where that which kept making me think, I mean, I'll get to this in retro review, but just kept make, making me think of kind of 90s action movies. And uh, Oh, I'm going even it, farther back. <laughs> uh, we'll see then. Okay, but the uh, the violence is pretty brutal too. Like this is certainly an R-rated movie, but it never felt gratuitous, which is something I admired. Like it didn't feel like there's an action scene just because there needs to be one. It felt for this kind of movie, it felt organic yeah. enough. I think the other thing that's cool about it is like the uh, I didn't think about this till actually just a few moments ago, but they weren't really selling Ryan Reynolds's body in this one, which is there's like maybe a couple shots. But realistically, he's not taking off his shirt for the women or whatever. It's just, it's actually more about Denzel. And you're right about the Denzel kind of just coming out of left field. And this is, yeah, I thought about this during the movie too, which is, it's kind of like Gremlins, where they're having this, Go yeah, no, realist, really, <laughs> they're having this moment of, uh, what's her face? Phoebe Cates. Yeah, Phoebe Cates and the guy, the lead, are, are in some house toward the end of the movie. And then she just has this like moment where she's talking about her dad and how she hates Christmas because her dad was trying to play Santa one time and then he got stuck in the chimney and died. And that's such an awkward placement <laughs> of where that... that little... You mentioned this scene before, but in Gremlins, that's like the funniest scene yeah, of that but what movie. I'm saying, that's like, like it's a like the, it's it's like the most awkward moment. placement of that, of, to have that because they're surrounded I mean, I by Gremlins. They're the trying point. to get away. And then she's just like... It's kind of the point of that scene. That's why it makes it hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just kind of like at the uh, toward, toward a scene in this movie... Where it's just what you know, like uh, they're at the second safe house, and I'm just I was thinking, why is this happening right now? You know, like I don't understand this at all. I guess I just was like I was just checking in and out. The other thing I I kind of didn't like was it, did it feel kind of long to you guys? It yeah yeah I, I was and running, running time, time wise, wise right? Running time. I mean I think it's 
when it when it's doing what it's doing, I think it's fairly fast paced. But again, I think it's the CIA scenes that kind yeah, of dragged yeah. it for me. Where I'm like, I get it, okay. Uh, one of them doesn't. They don't trust even them. have the any like real establishment of why they need to go back to the CIA scenes. Actually, yeah, it's no, just more of like really. I mean, it's, it's nothing, nothing's like, really brought up. Loud like, noises. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but uh, I think it was pretty decent overall. I mean, yeah, Ryan Reynolds. I, I I do agree that he's he's trying to bring it as much as he can. Again, he's shown that in some other films. Um, although he, he does get pretty about, emotional in this movie for no real reason a lot. <laughs> See, I, I, no, I don't, I don't do anything. I sit, I, I sit around in an apartment all day. I, I answer the phone. I need you to leave. I need you to do that for me, okay? You go straight to the airport. This is 6 a.m. flight to Paris. Take this. We broke up a week ago. You haven't seen me since, okay? No, it's about Ryan Reynolds. It's about the thespian, the actor, yeah. you know, the abs. <laughs> yeah. Second place to the thespian. I can say um, there was a certain point in this movie where I knew exactly how it was going to end, and then it did end that way, and I was like, yep, I saw this coming. And um, there was a scene before the scene at the end where when it happened, I was like, this felt entirely like deja vu the movie not the movie deja vu not the, not yeah. the denzel movie deja vu there's a random connection that i made <laughs> unintentionally but um just i had a feeling of deja vu and, and which basically to me meant this feels like a very familiar plot and that's kind of where i came off with like how the story went overall so that was kind of, didn't really bother me too much but it was more like yep this is why this movie is merely average yeah. to me just have, but has kind of above average performances overall so did you think they're trying to yeah, be I mean, too sneaky with oh let's let's kind of keep things low key until the end. No, because I, I saw things I saw where things were yeah, going. Yeah, I, I was like, it's kind of um, how is this movie cast and what's going on so far kind of thing. Girl with dragon tattoo style. <laughs> oh I see, yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, mm. yeah, kind of. Yeah, my only complaint, and it's a small one. I mean, I initially was kind of like, wait, are they really gonna go and do it this way? But then I kind of got over it. Was um, I guess minor spoiler here is. Um, the actual takeover of the safe house. It just oh, seemed like, to be like... very easy, right? Easy as hell. Yeah. yeah. Very easy. And uh, I figured if you're going to take over a safe house, I would have preferred to see like some covert operative dudes like badass going in there and just, you know, <laughs> taking it down like you would see like in a video game. Yeah. Then a bunch of, I don't know, it almost seemed like these cats were just like dragged in off the street. Like literally. Pretty healthy. Like, they're just yeah. uh, generic uh, henchmen. With yeah. And they just, and they just took it over by numbers. I felt that exact same way too, especially because yeah. you have the T one thousand. You got Robert Patrick on your side, and like you couldn't even lead a team. Like, yeah, and I was like, I was, Wait. I was like, wow, I'm glad that T one thousand's in here. And I was like, oh, oh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> He's playing this character. <laughs> so that kind of like eh, it irked me a little bit. Only until you don't. Well, I guess you don't realize till later on that. Uh, I guess the Uber henchman number one is you know a little bit much more than he seems. You know, I mean, yeah. he's got ability, and you know, he actually you know. He's kind of like the second to the, it's almost like a video game boss level. Yeah. He's kind of like the next to the last guy. Yeah, exactly. It's actually kind of harder than the actual last guy <laughs> to beat. If they'd have uh, gone into, you know, that maybe all these generic henchmen had that same ability, it would have been much, you know, I would have gone for it. 
as opposed to just like they just mob the place. So yeah, you're gonna win by numbers, literally. They have like, more. There's more guys. You guys have less bullets. They have more guys. So it, it felt like the uh, it felt like the scenes in twenty in every twenty four season where CTU gets taken over. Where, <laughs> <laughs> like every season, the counter terrorist unit somehow like easily breached by the one mole that they have inside. <laughs> yeah, that was my only kind of like light gripe. I mean, I let it go early on because it what like within the first seven eight minutes, it's like whoa, that okay. I got a, I have two Ryan Reynolds things I want to comment on. One is right once they break out of the safe house the first time, um, and he, you know, he's he's already said that he needs to prove himself in the field. He's just he's just staring at four walls all day. <laughs> Makes those noises too, and uh, he, he gets that. in the car. <laughs> you don't remember that? Oh, you must have, you must have been sleeping. Hmm. Yeah, it was a boring part. Um, but he get he gets he gets in the car and he's immediately like an amazing stunt driver. He's like he's rip roaring around say, around Cape Town. He's pulling off like defensive turns and everything. He's like he's doing offensive driving against using the others. The e-brake. He's, like, this, he's using the e brake. Yeah, he's, he's like a fantastic. He's like just like how Nick Cage was like an amazing driving the Lamborghini and the Rock all of a sudden. Like he's like he's just like careening around these turns and like throwing off all the bad guys and what. It's like man. He, for being a, he must be, he must be, you know, say, uh, Cape Town drifting on the weekends when he's not watching <laughs> the safe house. You watched Drive before, yeah. <laughs> That's all he did. <laughs> <laughs> That's all he does. He just, watches, he just watches car chase movies in the safe house all day when no one's coming around. No, but he internalized Cape Town. Remember, he said he'd been there a year. Uh, yeah, that was the and, and he knew, it, you know, every, every which way, every crevice of Cape yeah. Town. Yeah. Now, so. it's because of that where I'm like, that that part it didn't bug me. It's just like because that's 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 every action movie. Everyone's a, everyone's a stunt driver. They've all taken their lessons. That's how you that's how you get into Langley. I think you have to be a stunt driver first. But um, that that didn't bug me. And then it kind of it was neat later on. As this is why I kind of like Ryan Reynolds in this performance because it it everything else that he's doing in this movie besides the stunt driving it seemed kind of believable in in the tone of this movie where he's inexperienced but he's he's like he's they take they said he's like an analyst or whatever he's like expert in doing things and so they show him kind of doing little work to like when he inevitably loses tobin frost the first time he like he does what he needs to to like find him again and goes through all these motions and then when he gets to the the, the other like the brutal action stuff it's pretty intense there's a pretty intense like knockdown drag out fight that goes on like towards the end of this movie that involves him, another guy, and a lot of broken glass. And I'm like, yeah, all right, this is pretty intense <laughs> stuff pretty right good. here. This, yeah. this is hardcore. So yeah, I was really I was digging that stuff. And again, character problems aside, in terms of how thin they are, Denzel's very good in this movie in terms of just he has enough gravitas and enough kind of swagger and kind of the way he plays on his dialogue where he can make this character do very little but make it mean a lot so i kind of admired that aspect of it hey they're here for me but they want me alive you don't kill you got one in chain it's okay i remember my first posting rio de janeiro house like this not one single visitor, but I remember rule number one. You are responsible for your house guests. I'm your house guest. The clock is ticking. They gave you the keys. Do your duty, son. Shut up. You want to be the guy that lost Tobin Frost? 
Speaking of like the, the thin uh, character development, I think the best example of that is Denzel's going to go to this document maker, and like in ten, Ruben in ten seconds, that guy his character is over. It's there is really no character development at all. It's it's so small, and like, you have no. They hint at the backstory, like oh, these guys have been through a like, lot, yeah, you know, really, like yeah. years and years. The two bad you won't get to know Ruben Blades for you know more than two minutes because he's gonna get killed. I was, was just really happy to see Ruben Blades. Like when, <laughs> when the bride from uh, Kill Bill Part Two, she goes and visits Esteban, and she's like, well, "Yeah, yep. you get so much more from that scene than you do from like any Denzel and the document maker scene, or even any Denzel and Ryan Reynolds scene." That's the magic of Tarantino dialogue <laughs> in there. That's... But I did like that fight scene at the end. I, I think the the thing that reminded me of the most of Haywire was. When he grabs a kettle, and I was like, "No!" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like we all pretty much have kind of the same feelings about it. Any other thoughts on Safe House before we give it a rating? I'd say if uh, can't judge uh, Born Legacy yet because I have a feeling they're gonna go away from the shaking cam style uh-huh. of filmmaking. But if they don't, if they keep it intact, I'd say this guy Daniel Espinosa uh, should be drafted to direct the next one, the next Born film. So whatever comes out after Legacy, uh, if they stick with that same style. Uh, Spinoza should get the gig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll it's, it's, it's technically, a, it's almost like a clone of that type of filmmaking. It, yeah, style. It, yeah, it is, with little touches of other, of little little John Woo in there, now and then. Yeah. Lacking, yeah. lacking double pistols. There's a, there's a lot of slow-mo. But yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what he, what other kind. When when he when he gets attached to another movie, I'll be like, yeah, all right, I can see that. And I'm also curious to check out his previous uh, Swedish film that he did called Easy Money. Which doesn't have shaky cam, at least from the Swedish trailer that I've seen of it. So it's almost like maybe the producers, you know, obviously got him, you know, director for hire and just told him, you know what, watch the Bourne movies. That's how we want you to direct this film. Mm-hmm. You can do it, you're in. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to visit Espinosa's uh, films prior to Safe House. I think Safe House is like his first US film. So yeah, I've got some homework to do. Um, so, okay, uh, it looks like we've talked pretty sufficiently about Safe House, so let's uh, give it a rating each week on Out Now with Aaron and Abe. We try to establish a rating of kind of when you should go and see this movie, and our kind of scale goes from IMAX to theater, dollar theater, Netflix, HBO, TV, or just kind of forget about it. So on uh, on that scale, Gerard, where would you put Safe House? Theater. I'd go with theater. Cool. Abe? I'd go with Netflix. I'd go with dollar theater. I think it's, I think it's fine. I think it's, like, it's fun enough. It has a good enough scope. You go see, like, oh, an action movie, cool. R rated. I like R rated action movies. <laughs> You're gonna not like Expendables 2. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we'll, we'll Norris be with you. We'll see how that goes. Um, so now I'm really excited to get to the box office this no. week because it's kind of insane. This, this is this is way beyond Abe's terrible predictions every week. And if actually he kind of wins, wow, technically, not not. Kind of. We'll, I'll say in a minute. But do you remember what you predicted last uh, week? I said first in 21, I think. Yeah, okay, you did. And uh, Jordan from Jersey said fourth place of 8 million. Alan Aguilera said third place of 14. I said first of 18. I'm not. Don't worry about those predictions. They, they okay. don't matter. They're moot at this point because the, the box office is insane this weekend. There are four movies open this weekend. All four of those movies opened up to over $20 million. That doesn't happen often at all. And two of those movies opened to over $30 million. So the first place was The Val, the romantic drama starring We Chad totally forgot Jim about Adams. that. Yeah. I did forget about that, yes. Especially Valentine's Day weekend and everything. So that uh, that made that made $41 million. $41. Safe House came in second place of $39 million. Huge. That's a huge opening. Two, both of these movies, huge openings right there. And they're not like expensive movies either. They're fairly 
mid-range, like, I know the Val's probably only like $30 million at most, the safe house, it might be higher, but still. For, for movies like these to open both of those that strong, that's impressive. Journey 2, The Mysterious Island, starring The Rock and Michael Caine, which I saw, is it is <laughs> entertaining in its own way. For a kid's film, it does what it needs to. <laughs> that opened to $27 million. And then Star Wars Episode One 3D opened to $23 million. So... All of these movies are like basic are just huge successes. Like that, they all have great averages. People went to see these movies at my at my um, theater on Friday when I went to the movies. It was incredibly packed, and apparently that held up throughout the weekend because everybody went to the movies because there was something <laughs> for everybody to see. And so it's insane that all these movies did that well. Chronicle still in there too at fifth place of twelve million, which is mm. not a big drop. It's only forty four percent drop. Generally, genre movies like this go down like you know 50 60 percent. So, I mean, the word of mouth is pretty good on Chronicle. Well, Woman in Black, similarly, only went down like 50%. But for like a horror movie like this, with that kind of, you know, low-keyness to it, that's not bad. $10 million still, mm-hmm. so. And then The Grey is still doing decent as well. It's impressive how this is like one of the, this is is one really, of the biggest yeah, box office. Is actually... This is one of the biggest box office weekend totals, especially for this time of year, for quite some time. So, that's impressive. That's quite That's quite impressive. Well, here's what happened with the Vow and Safe House. Since those are like the closest, they're almost neck and neck. Like, give it or take a million or two. Yeah. All the guys went with their women to see the Vow, but in exchange, all the women, most of the women, went to see Safe House with their guys. Huh. So they had like there was like a little trade off. I like yeah. that. And, uh, you know, I like that rationale. There's that, and you know, women like Denzel. I mean, Denzel is a pretty he's a he's a pretty good household name in terms of like. And those he that put, don't like Denzel, what? like uh, Ryan Reynolds' apps. There, yeah, there you got Ryan Reynolds too. But Denzel, like, he put his—he's still—he's one of the very few stars where you can put kind of his face on a poster. People will go see his movie. Like that, mm-hmm. there's not many of those these days. Even Tom Cruise has struggled with that lately. Come but on, like The Rock, yeah, he's one of those guys. Give it to him. The Rock. The, the Rock. I mean, <laughs> he works. I mean, he, he, Fast Five made a sh- made, Fast Five made a half a billion dollars last year because The Rock was in that sequel with everybody else. <laughs> that movie was fun, but I mean. If, if The Rock makes G.I. Joe a huge hit also, like, the you just put start putting The Rock in every one of your movie series. So that's <laughs> that's going to boost up your box office for sure. Apparently. Here's an invalid question. Did either of you see yeah. Star Wars in 3D? I, I jumped, I because I jumped to Journey 2 after Safe House. And uh, before I did that, I was like, I want to see what Star Wars looks like. So I walked into Star Wars for 10 minutes. And, I mean, it looks fine. Did you have like, your, it, did you have your like, 3D glasses on? Yes, that's how I prep. Ah. I'm good at these things. <laughs> Uh, no, I just walked in. You're like, oh my god, why is there two um, images? <laughs> this shit's blurry. I hate it. Um, <laughs> jar what? Um, so yeah, I was watching it. It's like it's not like it's not mind blowing 3D, but it's not a movie that was intended to be in 3D. So for what Lucas did, I mean, I'm in the ILM team or whoever was involved in the 3D post conversion, like they did what they did. It has depth to it. Like it's not. Again, it's not a movie where they didn't, you know, film it with like Jar Jar throwing his tongue at you and Liam Neeson swinging lightsabers in your face. But for what it for what it looks like, I mean, it looks fine. Like, if it's an excuse to get me to go see Star Wars again on the big screen, like I'm not a prequel hater, I'll go see it. I mean, it's Star Wars. That's that's me. So it's not Avatar. It's not Hugo. It's not Transformers Three in terms of like this 3D is amazing. But you know, it for post conversions, it's the good. Red tails. It's, it's fine. It red. I've gotten so many responses for my negative red tails, as if I'm the only one, and I'm not. But, like, I've got so many responses for red tails about how people love red tails. It's weird. Like, people need to single me up and tell me, you are wrong, sir, because I like this movie. <laughs> this red tails movie. They break boundaries. Anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah, so box office, pretty good the weekend for everybody. All around. Good job, studios, I guess. 
Um, and let's uh, move on now to a retro review where we uh, discuss a couple films that kind of relate in some way to the main feature of the week. And um, we kind of, we kind of, you know, kind of got into some of this a little bit. But um, Abe, any movies you thought of in particular? For yes, I did. House? I mean, we, we mentioned a few of them already. Um, Smoking Aces, because Ryan Reynolds is really uh, kind of channeling that that sad FBI agent kind of thing. Man on Fire, because Denzel just being nonchalant. Like there's that part where Denzel is just walking through this hallway and just shooting people. And I was like, he's just acting so like casual about he it. Does, he does have that thing where he like, kind of like walks through a hallway and shoots him. Like, yeah. like, U.S. Marshals actually with, with Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah. Cool. And then, US and then this is, this is the Wayback machine. A lot of eighties buddy cop movies because there's like, you know, there's like a black character, there's a white character and they're both cops or whatever. And they just got to go solve some, some mystery. There's, some tension, kind of like in 48 Hours, there's like tension, but then there's like comedic elements as well. So like a lot of those 80 buddy cop movies, although they weren't as funny as, as you know, Beverly Hills Cop or whatever, but yeah. You know, that's something I didn't mention. Uh, Ryan Reynolds in Safe House, he is not funny at all. There is no, he has no jokes True. in this movie, which is something you not see coming. Like not even like a one-liner. He was just completely played as straight Denzel's the got the one-liner. Yep. Denzel, yeah, Denzel's got funny lines, but Ryan Reynolds does has like, he's there's like no humor to his character in this movie. It's as serious, Ryan Reynolds. He has no time to, I guess. He's running around a month the whole time. But still. Yeah, the film's played almost in real time. That that whole film's like in a weekend. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> they even put the little timestamp at the bottom, at the corner. Like, it tells you where you're at. Uh, Gerard, any movies you thought of that relate to kind of safe house? Retro-ish? Uh, not really. I guess in general, uh, Man on Fire, mostly. Yeah. But uh, I wanted to throw in... Um, Deja Vu, I guess it's a triple threat from Denzel. I wanted to throw in Deja Vu and uh, I can't think of the name now. Book of Eli. Okay. Only because it was uh, Denzel, you know, pretty much kicking ass. I like Deja Vu. I, I, <laughs> that's fun to me. That movie. Tony, Tony Scott and Denzel doing their thing. You know, one thing I can, you know, say, it's like don't come up on Denzel in the bathroom. <laughs> you know, especially when he's in a, in a, in a stall by himself because you're in, you're done. Yeah. So he pulled uh, out the born, you know, he pulled out the born chops. You know, maybe Denzel's part of that program. Who knows? <laughs> Treadstone. <laughs> Treadstone? There, there was never just one. Remember that. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I thought of Man on, I watched Man on Fire this week, actually, because I hadn't watched it in a while. And I'm like, I want to watch Man on Fire. And Man on Fire, that's a movie where it's like, it's not my, it's not my, it's not the best Denzel movie. It's not my favorite one, but it's a very good one. It's one I really like watching a lot. I think that's. It has enough of him and Tony Scott being like really cool together. Where like that was when, that's when Tony Scott's directorial style, it like it took over like in being just crazy over the over the top Tony Scott style that he's been doing kind of lately. And but it worked well for that movie. It seems so. That's kind of I dug that one quite a bit. And uh, yeah, other you know I mentioned John John Woo movies like like his like his '90s American movies like Face Off and Broken Arrow. Um, yeah, the Bourne movies comes off the shaky cam stuff. And then, yeah, Abe, you brought up, like, kind of buddy comedies from the 80s. Midnight Run's one that I thought of, too, mm. with uh, Robert De Niro and Charles Grodin, just because they have that kind of, the two of these guys hate each other kind of dynamic yeah. thing going on, so. And that's just a fun movie. Yeah, yeah. I like that movie. <laughs> Where's that Blu-ray? Where's that coming out? Midnight Run. Oh, uh, HD DVD, dude. There's an HD. Oh, see now they need. Yeah, I, I definitely need I have a it on HD DVD. I need a def, I definitely <laughs> need that Blu-ray now. I got like a, I have a DVD that I think it's like it's not pan and scan, but it's like it's not anamorphic, so it's like boxed. It's like letterbox. Uh, okay. Um, yeah, I think yeah. Okay, that's it for our retro reviews. Then uh, 
let's move on then to our uh, little little brief thoughts on uh, the innkeepers. Do you know the story of Madeline O'Malley? She was the woman that died here in the hotel. She hung herself after her fiance stood her up on their wedding day. And ever since then, people have reported seeing the ghost of Madeline O'Malley roaming the hallways waiting for her lover. Some say she's even looking to take up a new one. This is our last weekend open, so we've got to find some proof that Madeline O'Malley really exists before this place closes down. I have my microphone so we can make do with EVP investigations. Yes, I'd like a room for the night. Since the hotel is practically empty, we might have a good chance of making some real contact. What was that? Gerard, um, we both saw The Innkeepers in the past week or so. Um, the, yes. in the Innkeepers is a new horror film from director Ty West. And Ty West previously did a film called The House of the Devil, which is a very kind of low-budget indie film that's predicated on being very kind of 70s, 80s horror, and it's very deliberately paced and has very little going on, almost enough to, like, it toys up your expectations before things kind of get intense. And now The Innkeepers is his follow-up movie, which stars uh, Sarah Paxton and Pat Healy as um, two hotel employees, an inn, innkeepers, per se, and this inn, which is located in Connecticut, I believe? Yes. Make sure of that right now. Yes, the uh, the inn the inn of question is the Yankee Peddler Inn, and these two employees they work in the inn, and it's basically its last days before it's going to be closed down. And this inn, which is actually a real inn, the Yankee Peddler, is known for having a possibly haunted past. And um, while these two innkeepers who are dealing with very few actual inn residents, there's like maybe like three people in the hotel. They, uh, they kind of spend the nights, mainly Pat Healy's character, they kind of record things that go on, strange bumps in the night and what have you. And the movie kind of follows the thread of, you know, these two innkeepers kind of you know, staying in the inn and kind of exploring around and having fun here and there. And, you know, some creepy shit happens also. <laughs> so <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. With, with all that said, and this is just, you know, this is a movie, it, it came out um, on video on demand first. Uh, so you can get it on iTunes, on PlayStation, Xbox, wherever on-demand services are, Amazon. And um, it came out that way, and then it's kind of has it's having a brief theatrical run currently, and then it's going to come out on Blu-ray and DVD in the near future, like in April. So, um, you know, uh, Gerard and I were both, we were very curious about this movie, and we saw it. And so we thought we'd, you know, give some thoughts on it. So, Gerard, what did you think about The Innkeepers? Innkeepers, and just in Thai West in general, I had to do, uh, I guess, my homework a bit. I had to go back and watch uh, House of the Devil, which I hadn't done either. So I guess my expectations were kind of high coming off of uh, House of the Devil. Mm -hmm. But Innkeepers was not as good as House of the Devil. And I would say only because of the quirks and comedic elements thrown into the Innkeepers. That kind of threw me off because I wasn't expecting that. I mean, just look at the poster. The poster... Hence, at nothing comedic, quirky whatsoever. I mean, yeah. it looks freaky as hell. And then House of the Devil, that was played straight horror all the way through in terms of style, tone, and we actually saw on screen. Innkeepers, total opposite. I mean, granted, it is a horror film, but maybe the last half of it is horror. But that first half is kind of, you have to go be patient, yeah. go through it. So give it a lukewarm response. Yeah. Didn't hate it, didn't love it, but I'm like in between. Doesn't mean it's not a 
uh, good film, you know, the technical, you know, from a technical point of view. I mean, it's well made, but not as good as House. Yeah, uh, I I agree with you, basically. I, I think House of the Devil is a really solid film that people should go check out, but it, it's very much a, it's kind of a, what I refer to as gefilte fish horror, where it's an acquired <laughs> taste. It's, um, the, the, House, the House of the Devil in particular, you have to, it, it's, it plays up your expectations very deliberately. It very much, it, it holds a lot of frames like a beat longer than you'd expect it to, and with very little payoff until very particular sequences towards the end. But with that said, it's very well filmed, and it's it. If you're watching it in the right conditions, it's very suspenseful because you you don't know what's going to happen or when something's going to happen, and the little things do happen here and there. So it's a really interesting film to watch. The Innkeepers follows that pattern, yes, and it does so with more comedic elements. And because of that, it it yeah, I wouldn't say it's as good as House of the Devil. It also it's lacking kind of a there's there's a um, a very deliberate visual look to it to make it house of the devil look like an 80s film this movie it's made like a modern film like it doesn't make any mistake about that you like you know it's set now but it's very well filmed like for a a place the yankee peddler in the way it's technically how the cameras kind of move and how they kind of angle themselves down corridors and how it kind of wobbles at times and dutches some of the angles like it's it it very much feels like a horror movie that happens to have some quirky characters involved. And because of that, I really like some of these characters. I like Sarah Paxton a lot in this movie. Um, you know, what other movies did she do? She was in the, the last house on the left remake, which is pretty hardcore right there. But this movie, she gets to kind of be fun and it's fun watching her kind of move around this hotel and, you know, yeah, kind of, you know, get freaked out at times and just kind of, she's kind of playing a dork for most of the movie actually. But, it, then there's also some pretty good scares in here. There's a couple sustained ones, especially towards the end, where like creepy is happening <laughs> once again, and it doesn't. <laughs> it kind of keeps happening, opposed to kind of letting you off the hook. It's not really about jump scare. There's maybe there. Are, I think there are a couple jump scares in it, but it's not. They're well earned, opposed to hey, let's just put in a jump scare right here. It's more like we've been waiting a long time, and here's some payoff. Yeah, it's uh, it works well for that reason. So yeah, I would. I'd say my the jump scare that got me was maybe the first one, which is totally irrelevant to the rest of the film. Yeah, I, I think <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, I can't believe I fell for that. Because yeah. I have fallen for that one in real life because it's old internet joke, but uh, but it was kind of yeah, creepy that, to see yeah, it. Yeah, I definitely uh, <laughs> Probably because it filled up the entire screen with that still frame of it. Yeah. And, maybe, and they also messed with the sound of it because yeah. it was freaking loud. And I kind of like you know jump back because I'm like I was like Fuck. I was like they got me like damn like, usually when they want to show me yeah exactly you know like I have friends that'll try to get me like hey dude come over here check this out you know if you really look at this long enough uh, you could see something you know in the background and of course they want you to stare at it for a while and then they get you with the punchline and I'm like I just walk away well this one they incorporated into the film had nothing to do with the film but it was one of the most effective scares in the whole film. So yeah, I kind of like Yelp. So uh, <laughs> yeah, so um, I mean overall, yeah, I think it's it's a it's a fine movie. It's not a great one, but it's you know it's a fine horror slash comedy, and I think it's long. I think it for the movie that this is, I think it runs a bit too long, and it could have if it was chopped down. If it's it's a, it's like an hour and forty minutes. If it was chopped down to like a, a leaner like 85, 90 minutes, I think it probably would have been more effective overall. Like it would because I can I can I have a I have, I can feel like general audience it's obvious that this is you know it's a limited movie for a reason general audiences 
they'd be too impatient to watch this kind of movie in a, in a, in a time when we have movies that have jump scares popping up all over the place all the time. This is not, this, this is a very old school kind of horror movie and same with house, of the devil, which is still better. But so, you know, yeah, I, I'd say it's a fine movie, just not a great one, but from a technical point of view, I do, I admire, I admire old school aesthetics and this one works well. And especially house, of the devil too, which is a movie I, I like, I do recommend quite a bit. And House of the Devil has uh, Tom Noonan. So yes, anything Tom, with Tom Noonan, Tom Noonan is props. Really, yeah. That it, it, Abe, if we still played the character actor game, Tom Noonan would be Tom a good Noonan. one. <laughs> so uh, yeah, overall, yeah. If 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 the innkeepers somehow, if you because it'll be gone, it'll be on like Blu-ray soon. If the innkeepers is in Redbox, I'd say go for it. <laughs> yeah, it's available uh, for streaming, downloading. You know, yeah. pick your carrier. For sure. And especially for, you know, for team filmmakers like Ty West, who, you know, he's making things old school and cheap. You know, I, I, I like supporting that. I like I like going for that. I like, see, I like to see him break out bigger. So there you go. Mm-hmm. I concur. We're going at a steady pace, guys. Uh, maybe we have a little little favorite time of Abe's here. Abe, do you know what I'm talking Ooh, about? I have a feeling that it starts with the G and ends with the A-M-E. Then it goes like this. That was very lovely. I know. I thought. Yeah. I thought so. Um, let's. Uh, I've. I've had this. This pack of alternate movie titles for a while. And Abe, I know you're amazing at this game, but Gerard, we'll see if you're up to the challenge. This is a game where um, I have made some alternate movie titles for popular movies, and I'm going to read them. And you have to guess what movie it is that I'm talking about. It should be very simple. Uh, for example, if I were to say Arachnid Boy, you would say Spider Man. Uh, yeah. Okay. So simple things like that. Okay. Gotcha. A- Abe tends to be very I'm good. Kind of sleepy though, right so. now. So, <laughs> so maybe, maybe you'll have the advantage. So I'm gonna go through maybe three of these, and we'll we'll see we'll see how good how how good we can do here. Okay. So I'll here's pass the- them off to you if I suck. <laughs> here we go. Here's the first. Here's the first one. It's just whoever answers first. So here we go. Poker Palace. Casino Royale. Yes. <laughs> Tell you, Abe, Abe will have these down. But here we go. This, this one might be very easy. We'll see. Indians and Predators. Indians and Predators. Cowboys and Aliens. Uh, there he goes. Uh, you got it. Oh, okay. <laughs> Not a shutout this week, yeah. Abe. Okay. I was like, Aliens and Predators too obvious. <laughs> Here's the next one. The Assistants. The Help. Yes. That's a good one. (laughs) That is good. We should make sweeted movies from these titles, Aaron. (laughs) That's the plan, eh? That's the dream. (laughs) Okay, here we go. Martial arts teddy bear. Kung Fu Panda. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, last one. Monkey World. Planet of the Apes? Yeah. Oh, he's got it. <laughs> <laughs> Woohoo! That's 2-2. Two, two. I think okay. we need a tiebreaker. Okay here, okay, here we go then. Oh, you're playing for no, a keeps. No, no, no. We were just playing by the rules. Abe literally holds <laughs> guess head the week after. He's like, remember when I beat Gerard last? I actually last? people spines <laughs> in their skulls, just like Predator. <laughs> no no shout-out for you, though. Okay, Wait, here we go. Woman and the Hussy. Lady and the Tramp? Yeah, oh, Gerard's got it! Gerard, I'm gonna win. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I hail to you, King Gerard. Well played, sir. <laughs> I was like, hussy, hussy. I was like, whore? <laughs> awesome. Uh, Abe loses. Great something. job. That happens every week. Okay. <laughs> 
That's that's you should well man, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw that in Mark Hoban's face. <laughs> <laughs> I won't do that, but uh, yes I will. Um, okay, so let's move on to uh, what we're gonna talk about next week. Next week, I believe we've been anticipating this for quite some time. It is Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance, starring Nick Cage, Idris Elba, and a bunch of other people. And it's from the directors Neville Dean Taylor, who did the crank films. So obviously we just pretend like the first Ghost Rider didn't happen unless you listen to a bonus episode. And um, we just go straight to Ghost Rider 2, and I'm pretty excited for this one. I'm not going to lie. I'm like, just really happy to see it. Gonna... Like, oh, yeah, it's good to see a, a mindless comedy, or, like, it's excited and, like, oh, wow, this one actually looks pretty good. Both. Okay. <laughs> Both. I, I'm, what? I'm excited. I'm excited. I like the cast. I like the cat. I, lo- I like Neville Dean Taylor's style. Something bringing Neville Dean Taylor to a Nick Cage film just seems like gold to me. So, regardless if the movie's you know good, yeah. it's gonna be good yeah. in some way. So you haven't we'll used that in a long time. <laughs> I haven't used it in a long time because there just hasn't been a great combination as good as Neville Dean Taylor and Nicolas Cage. I think if it's like so, if it's as like off the wall as those Crank and Crank Two, like. Especially, I just watched Crank Two. I watched Crank Two last night. There's like a, too, there's a, like, that there's a head giving people orders. <laughs> it, well, don't forget about Gamer. Gamer. I didn't, I didn't watch that one, but I'm not a huge gamer, fan of Gamer. It but it does have it does it does maintain that craziness. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll give it. <laughs> so with all that said, uh, we have we have Ghost Rider Two opening next let's week. Let's not make a mistake. Let's let's cover all our bases. Cover yeah. all our bases. Okay. Well, this week we have along with Ghost Rider Two, we have This Means War. Uh, which is the new Mick G film starring Chris Pine, Reese Witherspoon, and Tom Hardy. It's the kind of romantic comedy action film. And, I mean, it is, I guess, Valentine's Day is on Tuesday, though, so, like, we'll see how how much that, I don't think that's going to factor as much into it. Like, the vow will, you know, that'll do something. Yeah, see if I also do something. But, yeah, we basically, it's Ghost Rider 2 and This Means War, as well as a, a, a yeah, animated film from, from Studio Ghibli. The Secret World of Ariarty, which is, I guess, a, a remake of The Borrowers in anime form, essentially. Um, so, you know, that's not opening on many theaters, though, so we'll see. Ghost Rider's the biggest opener right now this week, 3,000 theaters. And um, I'll say that the uh, the first Ghost Rider film, that opened, what did that open to? That opened to... A bajillion um, dollars. It opened pretty high. It opened to um, 45 million. Now, with wow. that said... Yeah, it did. It opened pretty high. But with that said, Ghost Rider's not a film that's, you know, held up in terms of, hey, everybody remember Ghost Rider? No one says that ever. <laughs> No. Ever. <laughs> Ever? So it comes down to how much people want to see a Ghost Rider sequel mixed with how successful can Nick Cage be? But he tends he's Nick Cage is like a weird wild card in box office. Like sometimes he'll open really big and sometimes he'll be like eh. That sounds like a metaphor so, for his life. Yeah. <laughs> it does. And um, you know, as he long gets as he, work. He as gets long work. Streaming every other line, we'll see how well he does in this movie. <laughs> So with all that said, I'm gonna say Ghost Rider. I'm gonna I'm gonna go a little high. I'm gonna say Ghost Rider opens to a solid 38 million in first place next weekend. Hmm. I went first. Yeah, yeah, I know. Throw down the gauntlet. Uh, I'm gonna. I'll I'll say first, but I'll say I'll just go higher than you. I'll say 42 million. All right. I'm gonna go very conservative. Uh, It will open first. No, you know what? It opens second, but it'll be let's go with an even twenty. Nice round okay. number, twenty million. And I honestly, I have no idea what it's going to do. I have no idea how people it's are going to be seventh place, eight hundred thousand dollars. Call that Chronicle. That was, 
<laughs> yeah, your chronicle guess, which failed <laughs> incredibly. Okay, so yeah, we'll. I'm very curious to see how this will do next weekend, as well as just, you know, in general for seeing the movie. So there we have it. And um, yeah, that's gonna, you know, that's gonna do it this week for Out Now with Aaron and Abe. You can find more of my work at my personal blog site, thecodeazeek.com. We can find all my written movie reviews, as well as these episodes and some other things, as well as at whysoblue.com, where you can find uh, <clears throat> my few reviews there, as well as Blue reviews and, you know, other Reviews, which Gerard could get to as well. But uh, you can also find me on Twitter at twitter.com slash Aaron's PS3. Uh, you can find more of my work at walrusmoose.blogspot.com, two animals, walrusmoose.blogspot.com, and twitter.com slash walrusmoose. And Gerard? You can find me and my work on whysoblue.com. Uh, we have a brand new uh, Why so Blue app. Woo! Download it for free on the iTunes store. There's a link. Take you right to it. And you can follow me on Twitter at G, and my last name, G Uribe. Great. And uh, again, you know, Gerard, great having you on. Yeah, thanks. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Yeah, for I sure. missed it. I missed you guys, man. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, you can find all our episodes of Out Now with Aaron and Abe on iTunes, also at hhwlod.com. You can find our show there along with the other shows such as the Walking Dead TV podcast and the Legion of Dudes. Those are just fun shows with the other guys, part of the HHWLOD network, which are all about games and comics and movies and fun stuff. And, you know, it's cool to listen to them. And, um, yeah, we also have some episodes on outnow.podomatic.com. You can find most of the new episodes there and a few exclusives. You can also email us at outnowpodcast at gmail.com, rewarding, sending reward emails to Gerard for beating Abe with the alternate movie title game, something that just hasn't happened at all before. You, sir, great thing will live on legend. <laughs> <laughs> you can also uh, like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash outnowpodcast we put all the episodes there as well as our our blog posts I know Abe has so many blog posts he's constantly putting okay. on our page yeah. but you know it's fun too once every six months and it's fun to update that Facebook page and just to show, throw shout outs out there because we have a lot of guests that frequently come on we know we have Jordan Grout comes on he has his blog at the damn dirty blog .blogspot.com. Alan Aguilera has a recently new blog called The VHS Diaries at the VHSDiaries.wordpress.com. And uh, Mark Hoban, FastFilmReviews.wordpress.com. Just, you know, we these guys like coming on our show. We like having them. And, you know, it's fun to just spread the word because, you know, we're, we try. So, with all that said, next week, Ghost Rider, I'm excited, Flaming Skulls, Nick Cage, Screaming Every Word. Idris Elba's there, too, as I believe a drunk. <laughs> so, <laughs> why not? Lovely <laughs> Taylor at it again. We'll see you next week. But until next time, so long. And goodbye. Human beings in a mind. What's a mind to a king? What's a king to a guy? A guy to a non-believer who don't believe in anything. Will he make it out alive? All right, all right. No church in the wild. Tears on the mausoleum floor. Blood stains the Coliseum doors. Lies on the lips of a priest. Thanksgiving disguises a feast. Rolling in the Rolls Royce Kanish. Only the doctors got this. I'm hiding from police. Cocaine seats, all white, like I got the whole thing bleached. Drug dealer chic. I'm wondering if a dog's prayers reach. It's pious, pious, for God loves pious. Socrates asks who's biased for y'all seek. Off the plate of screech. I'm out here.
get the hell about your seats. Preach. Human beings in a mind. What's a mind to a king? What's a king to a god? What's a god to a It's not Avatar, it's not Hugo, it's not Transformers 3 in terms of, like, this 3D is amazing, but, you know, it for post-conversions, it's good. Red Tails? It's fine. It, red Tails. <laughs> 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 <laughs>